We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Previously on Gresh and Fourier. I know when I show up for big meetings, my mom's on Zoom. Yeah. To make sure that it's my business yeah. consigliere. Yeah. Hey, I got my mom on speakerphone. But hey, before you talk to me about my contract, hold on. Mom! Mom, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I'm there. Oh, there you go. Go ahead and talk. Yeah. You can see him holding the phone. Hi. Yeah. Hi, yeah, guys. Go ahead. Talk. You can talk to him. My mom's on the line now. What do you want to do? Oh, uh, Mrs. Jackson, you got a good uh, recipe what for is, meatloaf? What do you think? We get some meatloaf. This is Gresh and Fourier. You have a head coach who knows what he's doing and understands situational stuff and understands what good football. Yeah, Patriots have all those things. Do they have some money to spend? Yep. Do you have a top 15 graphic? Yep. You should be encouraged because all you have to do is put that square peg to the square hole that is Bill right. O'Brien's the offensive coordinator spot. And zoom. Back so, to the Andy Gresh. Celtics is by far the best team. And I think, you know, the way they play, nobody can beat them now. However, Brooklyn and Philadelphia has big man star power. Now, if they play above their potential, especially when both teams come, they have the shot. But the way the, uh, the uh, Celtics are playing out, nobody's going to beat them. Christian Fourier. No, oh, they're going to make subtle tweaks. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be an arms race in the East. Every the team, Carolina is going to try and get better. Tampa Bay is going to try and get better. The Toronto Maple Leafs have to try and get better. Uh, there's, there's no way their market doesn't allow them, and the Bruins are going to have to keep their finger on that pulse. Gresh and Fourier, right now. The Patriots are like the damsel in distress, like tied up on the train tracks, and here comes the train. Raiders just run them over. And then here comes Bill O'Brien to save the day at the last second. Thank God. On WEEI. Oh, we're going to get to all of it today. Our buddy Angry Andy Hart will be with us in the oh. noontime hour here with Gresh and Fourier. And we got a lot of Bruins news to get to, but we start... Ladies with and gentlemen, what? with the latest <laughs> signing of the Boston Red Sox, we would like to welcome to Red Sox Nation outfielder Adam Duvall, who gets a one-year deal at $7 million with $3 million in incentives. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Larry, I'll go full-blown Larry Lucchino when they have the press conference. Uh, we're uh, here to uh, memorialize an agreement with a signature. Uh, however, hopefully Adam Duvall can hit more Fourier than the robust 213 yeah. that he posted last year. Doesn't this feel like Jackie Bradley 2.0? Well, he can play center, even yeah. though he can play other outfield positions. He hits like, but he can catch the ball. Well, I will tell you, like if if their if their hitting is the same, right? If their batting average is the same, and the, the older Jackie Bradley got, the worse he got. There wasn't even any of the spikes because Jackie Bradley Jr. used to have these spikes where he he'd hit great, 
and then he'd just disappear. Then he'd hit great, and then he'd disappear. And you just hope that you caught him, you know, spiking at the right time to get some, you know, tough wins. Um, but there's no way, there's not a chance in hell that Duvall is as good as an outfielder as Jackie Bradley Jr. That's for damn sure. You mean defensively? Defensively, yeah. okay. there's not a chance in hell. Good freaking luck. Uh, that was one of the best uh, I've ever seen play that position. But you mentioned his 213 batting average last year. Oh. I mean, so it, it, this is just such a high and bloom move. So I guess we can all agree that no more big ticket items. Like we're not, we're not, we're not, you're not, you know, unloading. There's really none left right There's now. There's no more money. There's no more players. So you're not going to get the big ticket items. You're going to get these, you know, like hope they pan out. Hope they play like they did in what 2021. Uh, or even yeah, when he hit 38 home runs, he had 113 RBI. Uh, he had a 228 batting average. You hope you get that guy. This is a high and bloom, you know, signing saying, well, I think this guy, um, I bet he's going to revert back to, you know, to the 2021 year. Mm-hmm. 2022 was like, nah, that's not who he really is. I'm betting on the diamond in the rough because this is what Hyam Bloom likes. Bilo. He actually said it. Yeah, he likes. He rather find a diamond in the rough. That's what he takes pride in. That's what he stay. That's what he stays up at night for. Right, trying to find that guy that's undervalued. That's going to pay dividends. You know, the, the next year, like everybody giving up on Duvall. He's washed up. He's done. Look at his batting average. Blah blah blah. Sure enough, you get 2021 Duvall. Whatever. This doesn't fine, great. It's it's uh, it's another you know uh, it's another layer of protection. It's depth in the outfield. Maybe you move Kiki Hernandez to second now. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Like I look at like the the guys that they signed. It almost feels like if you found a second baseman, you would keep Kiki Hernandez in center field. Well, I think Kiki Hernandez may end up playing a little bit of center field, but depending on how the rest of free agency goes here and who they find. They might need that guy to play shortstop because right now, as I've got it written down, I got Verdugo, Ref Snyder, Duvall, Duran, and Yoshida as outfielders. I, right now, I don't even have Kike in the outfield. Now, he has position versatility to yeah. where you can throw him out there, but if the Red Sox go sign like Iglesias or someone like that to come in and play short, then you might be right. You know what it feels like, Christian? It feels like spots uh, 40 through 53 on the Patriots 53-man roster. There's a lot of guys that are good depth pieces here, but there isn't that superstar. You have the, hey, oh, they signed Devers, great. Everybody feels good about that. What's around him, it feels like a lot of guys that would be on back ends of rosters. Yes. Not a lot of dudes that you can really count on. Yeah, so, um, and that's why I sat there and I looked at it. I was like, what are we really doing? He's just going to be adding... I don't, would you call this a mid-level signing? I mean, seven million dollars. I mean, it's not two million dollars. I mean, it's here's uh, it's how I describe you know, fifteen. It. Signed a guy. That's all he did. He signed a guy. That's it. It's another. It feels like I thought getting Jackie Bradley Jr. was because Alex Cora came back and he wanted that defensive outfielder. Yeah. Now I'm convinced more and more that it's the diamond in the rough. It's the let me make sure I got a good defensive out or somebody who could play outfield at least a little bit. And uh, you try to sell yourself on the positive versus the reality. So that dropped this morning in terms of the Red Sox getting that deal done. Oh, I forgot Justin Turner, by the way. I apologize for someone on the text. It was like, they got Justin Turner as well. 
great. Throw another log on the fire there in terms of a lot of what looks like average guys on this roster. The Bruins are going to play the front end of a back-to-back tonight. They're at the island, taking on the Islanders this evening, and then they head into Manhattan to take on the Rangers tomorrow. And... The whispers have begun. The reporting or the I'm hearing this phase of the NHL season Fourier is upon us <laughs> because we know we've been waiting forever on signing David Posternock, right? So let's weave the web here a little bit. All right. So our very own Rich Keith had it over the holiday that Posternock and the Bruins are getting close on a deal. And then it kind of went silent a little bit. Winter Classic, everybody took away vacation, all that kind of stuff, right? Well, on Saturday, we got a first little nugget of reporting. This is from Elliot Friedman on Sportsnet in Canada on Saturday with the latest on pasta. Well, I want to be careful with this one, but the word around the league is that the Bruins and Pasternak have been making some progress. Don't get out of control with that, but I just want to say the word is it it appears as if some progress is being made in that negotiation. I still think there are things that need to get done, but the word of the Saturday for Pasternak Mm. is progress. All right, so... No, it's not progress. Progress. Is that like the the hoity-toity way of saying progress? It's the Canadian way of saying it. It's the educated educated Canadian way. We don't say progress. We say progress. progress. You know what? We have to make a mental... We have to make a mental note. Because uh, Razor joins us tomorrow yeah. at 11 o'clock. We'll ask him. We have to ask him to say the word progress. Okay. We'll well, go, I, we can uh, we can test him. He's kind of like our Canadian yeah. sort he's of. Our, he's our diplomat. There he's you our, go. Yeah. Thank you. Very yes. Well said. He's our liaison between, between the United States and Canada. <laughs> All right. So that was Saturday. So then last night on the Rich Keefe show, he started with this. In the preseason, the Bruins offered Pasternak eight years, nine million per. To which Pasternak and his camp turned that down. Then in the season, from what I am led to believe, the David Pasternak side said, how about eight years, 11 million? The Bruins said, deal. You got yourselves a deal. And then the Pasternak side was like, actually, how about this? And they, they moved the money up a little bit, which at that point, I don't know if that's great negotiating or if the, the team was just going to sit there and be like, yep, and then what? Just keep doing that for the rest of the season, up in the money? So I think that explains why there's been a little bit of a snag. So hopefully this can get resolved. Hopefully, if they already agreed on 8 for 88, if that's something that Pasternak wants to do, hopefully that all gets signed off on and that is made official at at some point. But it makes a little bit of sense as to why two weeks went by and we haven't had it. Because, again, the source was, was adamant that the deal was done and they didn't know when they were going to announce it because he had the Winter Classic and he didn't really want to hog the attention away from the Winter Classic and whatever else. But by now, I, I'm like, well, how come it's not out there yet? That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> Thank you. That's not how this works, right? Like, I, The first part is the part that stood out to me the most. Because this goes back to just, okay, is, how is this actually being negotiated? Because if someone gives you an offer... And you say, and you counter with a higher offer, and then that person doesn't counter back with another lower offer. They just say, yes, we'll take that deal. We'll take 8 and 11. Done. Dunsky. Mm-hmm. Deal is over. And then they say, ah, oh, crap. Uh, they probably would have went to 12. I probably should have. I probably, you know what? I, I, I reached, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't get the right offer in there. 
I didn't know they were so willing to sign. If they would have signed for 11 so quickly, I'm damn sure sure think they would have signed for 12, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, that's not how this works. You don't agree to a deal. You don't counter back and forth and all of a sudden say, you know what? Ah, you know what? I know you said yes to my last offer, but I didn't think you were going to be so willing to take that offer. It's not even a fight. That's, that means you're willing to pay more. That's From that quote right there, that's what I took from it. I don't know what you took out of it, but as soon as I say, who the hell is negotiating for David Posternock? It's J.P. Barry, who I do believe is a pretty well-known hockey agent. This is where we get into the, wait a minute, the Bruins thought they had a deal? Yeah. And Posternock came in and was like, no, 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 no. We don't have a deal at $11 million, which is a pretty fair price point. That's where I think people ask a lot of questions. Then, last night on TSN up in Canada, Darren Dreger dropped this. Are the Bruins getting any closer to locking them up on a new deal, Darren? Yes, they are. Closer than they were even a couple of weeks ago. I know that progress was made last week in the discussions between Don Sweeney of the Boston Bruins and Pasternak's agent, J.P. Barry. But they still have work to do. They are going to continue to grind at the details. So, Obviously, that always comes down to the annual average salary, a.k.a. money. The term seems less contentious if it's at all contentious on eight-year maximum. Now I'm confused. Is it progress or progress? Progress. It, progress. Go with the is, Canadian is, progress. Is, is Dreger not a Canadian? I don't even know. Uh, oh, yeah. I think so. Okay. Actually, I'm not, I'm not sure. They need to get together. But the bottom line is, what are they doing? Are they haggling over money still, or are we into the details stage of things? No trade clauses, things like that, offset, whatever. Yeah. Whatever language you would have to sort of address in a deal like that, we know they can only go to eight in terms of the, you know, in terms of, of years, they've started to kind of cap that a little bit because it, it sort of got out of whack. However, we're talking about $11 million a year. I would think that the money would be the hardest thing to agree on first. And are they there yet or not? Well, see, that's I, that's where I think. So initially when I heard, you know, um, Keith talking about, like, you know, what he heard, I was like, wow, this is what a Bush League novice way of negotiating. Like, that's not how you negotiate. You don't you don't give an offer. You don't demand a certain amount of money. And then the other side says yes. And then once they agree, you say, oh, you know what? I changed my mind. I want more. So it's got to be. It's got to be more of the details. The devil's got to be in the details. That's the only way it should be holding this up. Because I will tell you, my the way I feel about this signing, and I know there is a cap and there is a limit, but you can still max out that limit, is that if you allow this to drag on anymore, you will find yourselves in a position just like the Yankees did with Aaron Judge mm-hmm. and, and other players. You will play over max value. You will overpay him because he will just keep scoring goals. He will get to 60-some-odd goals. He will get to 120-some-odd points. And then you would sit there, and he would be like, you know what? Now my value has gone up, and you had your opportunity. I was going to be a team player. I was going to do what's best for the team and the city and the organization because I don't want to leave. Now I'd be a fool to take this offer. Mm-hmm. Now negotiations get a little bit harder. That's why I think it'll – based on the fact that it looks like they've agreed on a number because I don't think uh, you know an experienced agent would sit there – after uh, an agreed-upon number, and then go back and say, no, no, we want more now. Yeah, it would feel like if the number is there and you're getting to some of the details of the contract and you're maybe getting hung up on that right now, that that will ultimately iron itself out. Here's the one thing I do know. 
Is it whether it's Keith, whether it's Streger, whether it's the others in Canada, up there in America's hat? Uh, the murmur, the rumblings have started. To me, this can only be a good thing in terms of getting David Pasternak signed long-term. Lots to get to today. Uh, we will get to a little more Bruins as well. We're going to talk about the NBA MVP race because, believe it or not, NBA.com gives you something called the MVP ladder, which we will climb on to ourselves coming up at 11 o'clock. We're going to play a little game of what's next for... Some New England Patriot players. Uh, big four-leg lunchtime parlay today. Fourier's got to make a pick. All of ours are in on the sheet already. Fourier hasn't keep thought it about secret. it. No, so I have. Might, oh, you got one? Yes. You keep it in a secret. What are you hiding it from us well, I just from? haven't put it in. I haven't typed it in All yet. All right, type it in there so we can figure out uh, how much money the people are uh, going to win. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Gresh and Poirier on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Yeah, the Odyssey app. If not, download it so you can listen to us wherever you are across this great country of ours. That's right. You could be banned in Las Vegas waiting to get into the city limits listening to us on the Odyssey app if you would uh, like to. And, of course, good morning to the Twitchers. The Twitch chat is a... Uh, it's a real interesting place this morning. Let's put it that it? way. What's going oh, on? Yeah, What's going a lot on? of the a lot of the Twitchers in the uh, Twitch chat are uh, reacting to uh, a lot of different things here on Weei, and of course you can also text us at three seven ninety three seven quickly because we uh, Corey and Worcester wants in on the Duvall signing since we uh, touched on it before we get to the Patriots. Corey and Worcester, go ahead, gentlemen. Good morning. Yo. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, man. What's up? Um, so I think you guys are underplaying this this signing a little bit. It, it's very similar to 2020 when they signed Hunter Renfro after a horrid year mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay. You know, I think Duvall could, you know, be a good source of power for this team. You know, if he hits 250, it's 250. But he could hit 25, 30 home runs for this team and be, you know, a spark you know, for an affordable, affordable price. Corey, it really comes down to, uh, are you looking at the glass half full or half empty? 
And given the history that Duvall has had over the last couple of years, like we had a texter into 37937 who said, hey, he's hit 30 home runs three times in his career. Well, two of those years were 2016 and 2017. Like Chris Sale used to be good then too. So that's a long way away. And I know he hit 38 for two different teams. And look, having that kind of bat is nice and it's necessary. But can the guy stay upright? And does he really, you know, can he, is it realistic to think that he's going to come here and hit 30? If he has the magical season like Renfro, then Bloom has fallen ass backwards into it. But if it's one of those years where it's, you know, he plays 90 games or something like that. Guy did have in the chunk in the middle of his career a pretty decent uh, injury history. So it, it, and even in limited role, what was it? It was uh, 22 home runs last year in or no, 12 home runs. It, last it was 12 year. home runs last year in 315 plate appearances, but the year before he had 555, but the year before that it was 209. So if you pencil him in for if you can get 400 plate appearances out of the guy, Maybe you can get 20 home runs, and that's a nice player if you have other engines in the lineup that are ripping the baseball. And right now you have one guy who has proven really over the course of his career that he could do that, and that's Rafi Devers. And even last year, I think he only hit 25, 26 home Yeah, runs. and I think you hit it. So you do need – you talk about like the, the 43rd, 44th, 45th, like the, the tail end of any NFL roster. Those are usually special teams guys or backups. Or break break glass in case of emergency. It doesn't mean you don't need them. Doesn't mean they're not valuable. But it doesn't. It, it they usually don't move the needle. You know, they're add ons. They're things that you need. It's things that you need to just to go about your business. So they need a guy like this. Yeah, I just it doesn't not it, to just kind of rip all over. But it's like okay, fine. Like, but it just bingo. I don't know if it moves the needle. I don't think it does. If you have bigger you issues, so I'm like okay, fine. So we'll see. And this is also. And like I said earlier, no more big ticket items. You're not going to sign some, you know, you know, crazy, you know, free agent. That is over. Hot stove is over. You're Dunsky. People are selling on, you know, Twitch and text and all that as well. The 2021 year. Yeah. Well, there was a reason this guy was available in, and I know there were surgeries and things like that involved, but this dude, like, he was available mid-January. The rest of the league doesn't view this guy as a 38 home run, 113 RBI type guy. That's part of the reason that the dude was available right now. So I'm 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 with you and for a, for a fan base that was more hopeful that there would be a big trade that would bring someone in. People aren't going to go nuts over a seven million dollar outfielder with a checkered injury history who may or may not be able to hit thirty home runs. Yeah, that's fair to say. It, yeah, I just it's fine. Like I don't know, like the, the the it's just it doesn't really. I saw the news. I looked up it. Looked at his numbers. I'm like, all right, this is the high end bloom value sign. You, it feels like they're going to go get Jose Iglesias a shortstop as well to be able to shore that up. In terms of the tax threshold, I've read different reports. I think it's somewhere between eleven and thirteen million that Heim Bloom might have left that to he has to play, play with, with here. Yeah. So okay, you can go get a couple more pieces, but that's the thing. It's going to be a lot of Alex Cora's got to manage his ass off and manage this lineup every night. And listen, maybe some of the people that are bullish on this signing will be right, and Duvall turns into Hunter Renfro two point oh. Uh, I'm just not going to be one of those that's going to bank on it. You and I distracted ourselves yesterday, Christian Fourier. No, not us. In the one, are you I know, kidding me? I know it's hard to believe. 
Never would happen. Hard to I am an oak when it comes to staying on point. Well, the fact that you have the ability to stare at yourself on Twitch as you do right now, I can understand why you would get distracted. Like a big bumblebee. Uh, you do. You do have some, uh, what's that? You have blind melon. You were in that video with the bumblebee. Yeah. You look like yeah. you got a little blind melon vibe working today. <laughs> That's what I feel like, a big giant bumblebee you rolling die, around. It's a, it's a sweet looking uh, hoodie, yeah, I will say that. If you put a jacket on, you could go on TV and say that you're uh, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's the relaxed look that I'm going for That's now. What All it the is. kids are doing it. Yeah, I tried that once at TV, and they're like, hey, no, you can you maybe to- put a collared shirt on, please? And cover your face. That's right. <laughs> I just go on with the clown head, and they're like, go ahead, talk. Uh, but we, we tried to hint on yesterday a little bit of the must-do list for the offseason. And listen, coaching aside, I think the whole world knows you need an offensive coordinator, and we will revisit something from uh, Tom Curran yesterday coming up in about 15 minutes from now. But what is the biggest offensive need mm. on the field for this team? All right, so I'm going to contradict myself. Oh, boy. Because, but, Here we but, go. but, but, because yesterday we talked about, I think we were talking about the draft, though, so maybe I'm not. Am I we supposed about, to yell at you? Yeah, yeah. So, no. <laughs> so the biggest need, I'm focusing. on the offensive side of the football because that's where the biggest issues are. That's where the biggest unknowns are. That's where all the problems were last year. Offense from from side to side, you name it, that's where the issues were. Mm so and I'm gonna and I'm gonna narrow that down even more to the quarterback position. So how do you get the most out of the quarterback? So forget about forget about the offensive corner. That's gonna be handled. So it's either tackle for me or wide receiver for me. That's it. It's either what kind of wide receiver? Well, a number one, a good one. <laughs> How about a good one? Okay, How but about a good one with Bill O'Brien. Maybe he could take the wide receivers that the Patriots had, and you would find that you have better than what showed last year. Or do you need the number one? Everybody goes nuts over the number one guy. By the way, what's Justin Jefferson doing this weekend? What's Tyree Kill doing this weekend? Like, there are lots of examples that you can bring in that guy and maybe you just continue to run in place or you can't kind of break through the glass ceiling. So, in your opinion, do you need more of a DeAndre Hopkins type or do you need more of the Kendrick born Nelson Aguilar well, but again, type those are the those are the Adam Duvall's of the of the New England Patriots. That's, there you go. that's what it is. It's the same guy. He's a nice player, good player. You're paying him a modest salary for what they do in the, in, in professional sports, so you're not really thinking about him. But you know, when you when you throw the ball, we want to make you make sure he catches it. I think everybody that they have, all those special, all the weapons that they have on their offense, are all going to be better at what than what they did last year. All of them will be used more efficiently. Uh, they'll get more production out of them, and I think they'll all be happier. With that being said, I do think that the most important thing is to make sure he can stand upright. So I, I'm, I'm actually leaning towards a tackle. I'm leaning towards a tackle. I think Trent Brown is a disaster. I don't care how much he begs and pleads. I don't think you should have him back. Left or right tackle. So well, let's well, see. You just, so, well, you just said it. You don't think you should have him back? No, I don't. I wouldn't. I would say. But my, what if you move him back over. to the right side? I'm done with Trent Brown. Brown, which you, I which I found is when I needed him the most, when I needed him to be an adult, he let me down. So the only way he is going to play well is if I constantly hover and and coach him and yell at him and scream at him. Like I don't. I don't want to have to do that anymore. What if you just move him to the right side? 
if a part of what we heard last year was he's being paid like a right tackle, but he's playing left tackle, is it as simple as, well, flop him to the other side? Can you put him with Onwenu and not have two heavier guys tripping over their own feet? Personally, I don't know how you feel about him. Yep. I feel like he screwed everybody in the organization. He had the weight clause. He had all these issues. He couldn't stay on side. He he missed blocks. He didn't help Cole Strange at all. There was more signs that he's mentally checked out, and I felt like I saw it in week one, and it never improved. Sure, every now and then he, he did something well, and he blocked well, and he picked up the blitz, and so you're fine. But it was that was few and far between. He has more plays that stand out for me to me as far as just being the biggest problem on that offensive line, and a big part of it is Cole Strange. So the the, the left guard who's a rookie coming from a s- small school is going to need protection, it's going to need guidance, and it's going to need need to know that the, the, the guy to the left of him, if he has to turn his eyes that way, you know. Oh, yeah. So the, the protection goes here. I'm no longer working with David Andrews. I, now I'm relying on, now I'm working with Trent Brown. And there was a lot of times where Trent Brown hung Cole Strange out to dry. And I felt like that was more than David Andrews hung well, him out to when, dry. And when Andrews was out on the lineup, it definitely affected Strange because the flaws at left tackle were showing more because you didn't have that center who was able to maybe kind of guide Strange through all so that. So that concerns me. I don't know how that concerns me if I'm trying to make sure that, one, I have to make sure the the investment that I made in that first-round pick last year with Cole Strange is going to you know we'll get the most out of him. You're not going to get the most out of him with Trent Brown next to him. So if you move, if you say fine, he works better with Onwenu, then put him to the right, and then you have a right side strong, you know, less expectations. Maybe you're not holding a grudge because now you're playing right tackle, you're being paid like a right tackle. Now you bring in a left tackle, but it can't be some project. It's got to be a guy that you say, just listen, I trust you. You're good. You mean it's easy. You mean draft him 14th and he plays right away? No. I feel like you need to that's, find a guy. Because to me, that's how I think you fix that issue without completely breaking the bank. And that's going to be a big part. Left tackle numbers have skyrocketed. Look at what Teron Armstead got yeah, last right. year from Miami. That's a cost of doing business now, in the NFL. Well, and again, there is the, okay, up and down of position groups. You know, I've talked about this for years, that to, the way they've always done it down there, and I think Michael Holly wrote about this in, in one of his books as well, that they've got X amount of money that is allocated, and yes, they can slide that around a little bit, but ultimately it's we got this amount of money. If we have somebody who's up, how can we get someone that's down? So eventually they're going to have to pay Mike Onwenu. Onwenu jumps $2 bucks in salary. He's going to get an extension eventually. Cole Strange on a first-round contract. You got that guy in it pretty cheap as well. How old was that book? Uh, oh, I don't know. Good were they, were, was were it the, 10 were years ago were, or something Were the crafts like, like releasing statements about what they're going to do? And, and they, no, no, Would no. they go two out of three years? But they also didn't say, we're going to give Bill Belichick $150 million to hand out guarantees to people. Because I just think it isn't cost-feasible for you to necessarily find a starting left tackle in free agency unless you're getting a bargain basement guy kind of like you did with Trent Brown. So I do if think- you want to fix it, you draft maybe the first or second best offensive tackle coming out in a pretty good tackle draft this year at 14. Okay, that's possible. And people I guess, will hate it. I guess it doesn't matter. My personal belief is that if you're going to leave – how much, because the left tackle only works with the right guard. Right. 
That's it. Otherwise, you're on an island. So, so that guy is now going to be relying on Cole, Cole Strange to tell him what to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you're hoping that Cole Strange is, you know, you know, is is good enough to kind of help him out. But everything's changing, is my belief. That rules are going to be reset. Coaching points are going to be reset. Techniques are going to be reset. Just everything about his job, I think, is going to start over again for Cole Strange. So he's got support next to the right of him, and then he's got. I just feel like that's a dangerous position in my book. Hey, let's draft. Let's have two two young guys blocking the left side, which is also the most important side for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. That makes me nervous personally. Can you do it? Sure. Can a guy get drafted right away and start? Of course. Yep. There's so plug there's and a, play tackles in this draft. There, yes, there are. But sure. are they better than Trent Brown, or do you just want to leave Trent I Brown see, there and cross your fingers? I listened to Dante Scarnecchia like talk about him like a while back, early in the season. He was talking about, him. he's like, well, he's willing. He is. I don't want to have to constantly push a guy that I'm paying to do his job. Now it should be. Uh, I shouldn't have to say well. It should be understood that I'm paying you to do the job well. Like what he did is almost like. Almost malpractice when I think about it. Like the the way he played, the give a crap level that seemed like it was at zero. Because if you can't pick up basic stunts, basic, basic day one of camp stuff with a rookie left guard that has been struggling the entire year that was benched for Isaiah Wynn and then put back into the game because Isaiah Wynn got hurt, you are just a selfish jerk. That's the way I feel about it. And especially with tackles, especially with tackles, because they 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 just they 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 get the most amount of money because they have such an important position. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you feel about it. Like you, you you make a good point. Like you can get a guy, you you can plug and play. The problem but if I is, can find a vet. I'd rather have a vet like a Trent Brown there, who cares more. So that's the that's the real problem here is Trent Brown. If you could trust the guy, then you put him in left tackle next year. And in theory, if they do like this Stuber kid from Michigan as much as they do, that's where you can then kind of go to the bargain, not bargain basement, but maybe mid-level free agency and find yourself some not only O-line depth, but maybe you can find yourself a right tackle that you can live with. I know they played with Connor McDermott. I know they had Andrew Stuber, the kid from Michigan, a lot of people like, but he ended up on the non-football injury list. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people at 14 are going to be screaming, God, take a wide receiver. God, take a wide receiver. People hated the Cole Strange pick last year, but he came in, he played right away. Like, I can't argue with the pick, the production, things like that. I get it that you want something sexier, but when you think about it, people are going to argue it two ways. You're either going to get five years of certainty on a wide receiver that'll make you feel good when they drafted him, but is everything else there to take advantage of an immense talent like that? Or at 14, do you take a guy that you know from day one comes in and plays, well, a la Cole Strange? Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, just thinking about this situation. So when I was in Seattle, um, Walter Jones was drafted, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Steve Hutchinson was also drafted, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. So on that left side, they had those two guys. But I remember Walter was a mess his first year. And then Steve was the same way. So there needed to be, even with those guys, and that's my point, even with those guys, future Hall of Famers, best in the business to ever do it, they still needed help. Now, once they once they caught up to each other, there's, there wasn't anything you couldn't run. They blew doors. You just you run whatever you want. Sean Alexander still Later, sends them Christmas cards. It was the easiest 
playing tight end next to Walter Jones was easy, easy to play the position. It was the easiest blocking assignments ever in my life. He did half the work, like really 80% of the work. <laughs> and so like whenever I played with anybody else, I was like, oh, man, this is so much harder. Realizing like not that it was it should always have been like that, but Walter was so good at it. So anyways, my point is, <clears throat> so yeah, if you're thinking like, you know, long term, go and get yourself a rookie left tackle and get a good coach. And get a good. Now you have a good offensive coordinator, and now maybe you protect him a little bit more. So I can see that happening. I wouldn't take a wide receiver in the first round. Not a chance. Whoa! I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a wide receiver. Oh, some people might react to no. that at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. So we're talking draft needs and free agent needs. Well, I think right? it's, or just overall needs. Well, like what but, they need. Yeah, it's overall needs. How you go about filling the needs is where it, there therein lies the yeah. rub. There's the discussion because again. If if they're talking that the numbers and Andrew Callahan wrote about this in the Herald this morning about options, maybe trades, a wide receiver, and things like that, but he had a little thing in there that it looked like Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith Schuster might end up being two of the bigger or maybe the top names in free agency. If Jacoby Myers is getting twelve million dollars, God bless you. Go go elsewhere. I don't think Bill Belichick is paying that rate for that player. But they are going to have to dip into the free agent market, you would think, at some point. But again, that's where the discussion begins, and we'll do it with you next. WEEI, WEEI, New England Sports Original. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. So we're getting into some of the must-dos in the offseason for the New England Patriots, and we do have a little nugget of Patriot news. According to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, Fourier, the Patriots have gone back to an FOB for an interview. The Patriots have requested to speak to Minnesota Vikings wide receivers coach Keenan McCardell. Uh, for an offensive coordinator interview. Okay. That goes Ooh. way back into the Belichick time. That's Does it? To, to when? Explain Cleveland. it. What? I'm, I Wait, am he, all Keenan but, McCardell was on the I Cleveland am, Browns with Bill back in 1994? I know. I have heard. No way. I am pretty sure wow. that I have heard Bill Belichick. Uh, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Talk about Keenan McCardell as yep. one of the guys that was there when he was there in Cleveland. 92, yeah, right. 93, 94, yeah. and 95. So 30 he actually, years. And then he went to wow. Jacksonville with Jimmy Smith and became uh, a much better player yeah. when, you know, when he had another number one receiver beside him. But, yeah, Belichick and McCardell go back 30 years. Oh, it's, 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 it, this, this hire is all about six degrees of separation. And it won't, you probably won't even hit six degrees. You may hit two. Right? This is actually one, right? Because, hey, I coached, I coached him. I drafted him. him. Yeah. Okay, so this is one degree of separation. But the, the, whoever is hired will have some sort of connection. That I can guarantee. Cosign? Cosign. What's it now on what? This, whoever they hire as the offensive coordinator, will have some sort of, like, intimate knowledge and connection with Bill Belichick. Total cosign. It will not be this new breed, innovative young gun Mm -hmm. who's just, you know, got all these crazy, crazy ideas. He's about to throw at Bill. Right? That's not going to happen. We're going to go for it on fourth and one (laughs) from our own 18. Oh, wait a minute. Bill did that in Indianapolis once. (laughs) No, to your point. This is, this is it. So now we're getting, now we're getting the interviews in. 
and this is where it's going to start. And they'll interview, I would say, three, four people. Wow, what a long career he had. Make it look good. And then it's uh, Bill O'Brien. This guy played forever. 617-779-7937. Mark in Southie Regression Foyer. Hi, Mark. Oh, my God. I I played with him. (laughs) Hey, guys. How you doing? Um, I was talking with the offensive line. Gresh, you're right. Uh, I would draft an offensive lineman instead of signing a left tackle. Because um, Miami signed Armstead last year. He got big money, right? And he's playing left tackle for a left-handed quarterback. So he's actually playing. <laughs> well, because they know they, they – because, Mark, they knew they were going to recruit Brady, but go ahead. Oh, maybe, uh, but, kid. you know, but still, I mean, they're saying – I mean, if, 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 he's, if they're going to give him the field option, I mean, he's going to play on the – he's playing on the wrong side of a, uh, uh, getting that kind of money for basically playing a right tackle for the other 30, the other 30 teams in the league. And, and um, I would love to see at some point – Put him on putting Charlie Weiss Jr. on this staff at some position. Running backs, quarterbacks, coach, the guy, look up his numbers. He's in the Southeast Conference. So we did it at Ole Miss. I've been following this guy because I like Charlie. This guy is, I'm telling you, I would like to see this 29-year-old man on this staff at some capacity. Yeah, Mark, I uh, keep wishing on that one. I, I think that uh, Charlie's kid is pretty well set in college. His dad was a former head coach. He's going to make much bigger, better headway in college football than he would in pro football. doesn't mean he can't coach it, but if he ultimately wants to become a head coach, let's also remember this. In college football, it used to be you were a head coach for about half the money of what the NFL guys were getting. Now, if you grind it out and you get to maybe a second head coaching job and you're in the SEC, I mean, you're set for life. Look at what his dad did. His dad won, had one great year at Notre Dame, yeah. worked it into a long-term deal where they were paying him forever. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not so sure if that's the necessarily the way that uh, they would go. You played with Keenan McCardle and you didn't remember? My bad. No, I didn't. Are you serious? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. What I know is I was... wrong with that? No, this is the first time all... where I get to say, wait. what is wrong with you? Wait. First of all, you didn't wait, even I'm know wrong. that he was a Bill guy. I'm wrong. No, I didn't. You I had no shit. clue. You have seen this man's wiener. No, I haven't. And I... you don't remember no, him. No, I would have remembered his wiener. Uh, no, it was... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Terp, you was, know what to do with yeah. that one thing. It was... Uh, no, we, we had... Uh, I was in Washington in 06, and he came in 07. So I, when I saw Washington in 07, I was like, well, I was there. So, like, no, I wasn't. So you were both olds yeah, on, yeah. A, on a roster where yeah. you were both miserable yeah. and you really didn't want to be there. Yeah, and neither one of us. And his last year, he play, only played in 10 games. My. <laughs> That's right. He was 37. God. You know what I mean? But no, this, is, um, this one's I- intriguing to me. It would be, it's pretty much out of left field. I think most people would say, Keenan McCarter, what? Nobody's talked about him. Nobody's mentioned him. It would be your typical Bill move. Like, well, listen, well, you, uh, I see things differently than you see things. So tell me why you think this guy would work. Well, because of this, this, and this, and I understand him, and he's young. And, and I also feel like here's a guy that's been coaching with for two years, wide receivers coach, young staff, uh, playing in the league forever. Obviously knows offense. Kevin McConnell or Kevin yeah, O'Connell, O'Connell ties. Okay. So which, like again, F O B Bill okay, drafted Kevin right. O'Connell. Right. Again, there's just there's there's it has to be a connection. It's it cannot be someone he doesn't know or respect. He probably looks at McCarthy and be like, Man, I respect this guy's career. I had him when he was young. So. He played a long time. He has longevity. He knows what it takes to win. Okay. Now, okay, you're gonna let him do the offense by himself? He's never done it before. I mean, is there is a difference now, or do you want that offense? 
Now, he's bringing that off. He's bringing that offense. He's not bringing your offense. He's bringing his own offense. Mm. Right? I mean, he's over 50, right? I mean, listen, if you're hiring me, and this is where I think a younger guy, now he's 50, he's over 50, a younger guy, our, our younger coach for the first time who's actually being elevated and yeah. promoted. He's still a young coach even though he's an older guy yeah. because he played so many years in the league. Yeah, so it's like, It'd be okay. like you getting into coaching. Yeah, and some of these coaches are so young now when they become head coach. They're in their early right. 30s. Well, they're grinding. Yeah. They're doing like Charlie Weiss Jr. He yeah. was an OC at like 26 yeah. at FAU or something. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, so so I do think that this is – this may be – I think we may have to add something to like what Bill is looking for. I'll just call it moldability or controllability. <laughs> call it that. I'm going to add ability to it. Moldability. Moldability. I gotta, you got to be willing to – you got to be like clay. I was just going to say, Bill's looking for He's a looking big – for clay yeah a nice like a nice piece of clay yeah like listen look, there, i can see like an artist a true artist doesn't just see a thing of clay he actually sees you know what he's gonna create oh really yeah so that's what a real artist does so you look at the oh. clay you see a, a block of clay do you know a lot of artists do you Nope. other than people that can draw caricatures of nfl players that they played with yes that's a little different there are multiple <laughs> people who can do that by the way yeah and i think i feel like that's key I think a guy like uh, McCardell, who is like you know obviously established in his own right, um, could look at Bill and be like, "Wow, the master! I can be, I, I can work under this guy, and now I am going to be a head coach." I'm gonna, now he, he Minnesota can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. As as much talent, as many games as they win, they 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 can't you know they can't get into deep into the playoffs. They can't do it, and they're going to go through, through some changes. Because Kirk Cousins probably has one more year. And then they're going to have to start all over again. I don't know. It's intriguing to me. Uh, it's in, it's a, it's a build, it's build like more, a build move. I hope it's more than just a box check and that the guy legitimately has a chance to come in and maybe wow them a little bit. Because it kind of feels like if they can get Bill O'Brien, that it's Bill O'Brien or bust. And that some of this stuff that we uh, will go through might be a little bit of a tickle butt. Or as Tom Curran once said, Maybe a lot of verbal masturbation when it's all Ooh. said and done. And into that, we head to hour two of Gresham Foyer. The MVP ladder in the NBA is very interesting. And NBA.com is doing the rankings for us. We'll check in on that. Continue with the Patriots with you next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 